0: Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast, a series of discussions with the most disruptive CEOs and leaders in digital health.
1: Hey everyone, Tom Salami here. Welcome back to the Breaking Health Podcast. It's just me again. No Steve Krupa. Steve is still doing many, many interviews and we'll have him back next week with one of his. But I had an opportunity to sit down with an interesting company called Merge, a digital health company that's really uh, penetrating the medtech space. And I spoke with the CEO, Todd Butka, who is uh, one of those folks who has crossed the line between medtech and tech. He started off in uh, Apple and then uh, moved over to Guidant and Medtronic and used the experience from those three stops to uh, identify a problem that needed solving, and he uh, decided, despite uh, having a very young family, to uh, take the leap. So we'll get into uh, what his experiences were, what problem he identified, and uh, what finally convinced him to uh, to take the leap and become an entrepreneur. Let's get into this conversation with Todd Butka of Merge. <laughs> Todd Butker, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. Con- congratulations on the uh, on the Series A. Uh, I hear a lo- that it's not easy to raise this kind of money these days. But uh, tell us a bit about the, the process. Uh, did it take long? Uh, it,
0: it actually it it took much longer than I had anticipated. <laughs> um, from from concept of the idea. And, uh, and when actually money hit the bank. And in fact, it, I've taken on a whole new appreciation for that, that term, <laughs> uh, when money's in the bank. Um, it, it took roughly nine months of renting and repeating the mm. message and the, the, the presentation um, to and finding the right fit uh, of investors who understood our goals and, um, and fit their needs, obviously, as investors.
1: I wanna I wanna get into to you for in a minute, but I, I wanna open up with sort of just uh help our listeners understand uh what merge is and, and what it's trying to do. We'll get into the history, but but in a nutshell, what is your uh what is your offering and uh what do you hope to accomplish?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Um well so merge is a cloud based software application that enables care providers, uh, cardiologists and electrophysiologists to manage implantable cardiac devices. Um, So we're software-based and uh, to the quick summary of that it would be we aggregate data from all of the implantable cardiac devices, pacemakers, defibrillators and loop recorders from the various manufacturers uh, large ones such as Medtronic and St. Jude uh, Medical and Boston Scientific and Biotronic. Um, We coalesce all of the data coming from those patients uh, into a single platform for physicians to interpret um, and provide care to that patient population,
1: so you create sort of a dashboard for people to to look at and to see everything they need to see at once
0: it, it is it's a dashboard um it's it's more in depth uh, it's it's an it's its own EHR for clinical uh use of implantable data mm-hmm. um information and the information can come out daily from these devices uh it can come out uh, on a quarterly basis so um the devices are wicked smart and uh provide a lot of insight into the care for patients so the physicians and care providers rely upon it heavily um for pharmacologic treatment and or other procedures, uh, the information coming from them.
1: Yeah, your website sort of speaks to that in that the med tech companies are creating these fantastic pieces of engineering that are able to, to sense and collect data, but it's the delivery to the doctor, getting that data to the people who need it, where things seem to, to fall a little short. Is that, uh, is that your your basic thesis?
0: Correct, correct. The... Yeah, the the devices are unbelievable life-saving therapies. I mean, they just they sustain uh, life. You know, pacemakers and defibrillators, um, and and but it's been lost as far as you know, the focus of the amount of information being managed after the implant, and sort of taken for granted that these devices just work and people exist. Um, but what what hasn't been taken Uh, into more consideration is just the amount of data flowing and usage of that information historical over time to uh, provide care. And so we tried to look at how clinicians are using the information um, and where information was lost. And and that became an opportunity uh, in my
1: mind. And and you're right, take it for granted is a great way to put it. And and it seems to me that it sounds simple to say we've created a system that basically merges this data from all these different devices created by different people. But the more I think about it, I have to think that was probably very complex. Was it to, to, to create something that's able to collect information from different devices that are sensing different things and put it into, into a central place and present it in a uniform way that's easy to digest?
0: Yeah, it it, it sounds easy uh, in theory, right? I, yeah. it, there's there's a level of intimate knowledge of the device side and clinical side required. Um, By no means am I a designer, but I can appreciate design coming from the Apple world and how it can be applied and and taking those two thought processes and, and sort of creating this beautiful thing for care. Um, The best way to put this, the, the physician's, Want simplicity, but uh, as of today, it's, it's it's very complicated to go find information uh, in a in a quick manner to provide the care, and so everything was based around. If you looked at our website, the two-click premise, like yep. within two clicks, can I generate a device report? Within two clicks, can I see my entire population of recalled? devices. Uh, and within two clicks, can I see anything historical that's happened to this patient? Um, so the two-click became something which we've now hung our hat on, uh, and, and we're, we're pretty proud of it, actually, uh, in, in its clinical behavior.
1: So where where does Merge fit into the clinical process? You you suggested it, it's it is sort of an EHR, or maybe could develop into an EHR, but where, is it, uh, where does it fall into the doctor's office? When would it, it be used, and, and what is it replacing?
0: Yeah, uh, the beauty is right now we're really not replacing anything. Um, there, there really aren't solutions that exist today to truly coalesce information from each of these manufacturers into one place. Um, so we have a little niche right now, I would say, uh, in the market. And being cloud-based, it creates our ability to be nimble with delivering software on a frequency that they're not accustomed to, and delivering new features um, to them. Uh, so, so I think we have our own little niche here. Um, the to answer your question regarding where we fit, you know, data is coming in again on a on a, on a daily basis, uh, and and so. People typically want to put what is most clinically relevant and or, you know, what is a billable opportunity um, into the medical record, into their electronic health record uh, for documentation to support um, billing Medicare and, and follow-up across it, the entire uh, health care provider, such as, you know, if we use Kaiser, they use an Epic system. Um data is coming in daily from a patient, you're not going to incorporate daily transmissions into this electronic health record. They want what is most relevant um, information. So so we kind of fit that gap of we filter. You know, We're a system that you can manage this data on a daily basis and then formulate what is most clinical to pull in to the, the electronic health record.
1: So is the data coming from patients wherever they are from, from remote management, or are they coming into the office for, for a checkup and this is sort of a, a, a local download of data, so to speak?
0: Uh, uh, great question. Both, actually. Um, there, uh, Medicare and guidelines set by Heart Rhythm Society um, say that there is a nominal frequency of remote follow-up a patient can be uh, doing, um, and then also a nominal a number of times that you should see a patient in the office annually, um, and so if you're if you're maximizing those opportunities, then data shows that you're actually reducing risk of hospitalization, reducing risk of stroke, you're improving mortality rates. So all of these benefits if you're maximizing those opportunities for remote care and in-office care, um, and that's sort of the thing we want to promote with a software platform that is creating a digital workflow that you could actually optimize this and maximize that opportunity for providing care um, and if you're providing good care actually you're you're probably making a little more money um, as well for the practice so it's, it's something that's linear across uh, the care spectrum that you can be profitable you can provide better care you can improve care costs at hospitals um, if this remote monitoring and patient monitoring is is optimized, interesting.
1: So, uh, how? What is your? Well, let's get into into your history a bit. You mentioned earlier that you uh, you were at Apple, and uh, it's my understanding you, you joined Apple in 1999. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. So, I mean, it was sort of at a time when I think the company was starting to, to get its groove back. How did you? How did you? Get to Apple, and what was your job there?
0: yeah, um, well, I started you know early early days right out of college in Iowa I went to Gateway computers. I had an internship and uh, short lived but i was I was uh, a product manager uh, building laptops mm-hmm. so that 's where I first started the solo gosh twenty one hundred twenty five hundred fifty one hundred a bunch of different laptop devices um, quickly moved to uh, California um, with Gateway and uh, had the opportunity from a friend who was working at Apple um, and and hopped on that ship. And they were starting out developing the iBooks. So I was a product manager uh, managing the mechanical and electrical design of new products, uh, specifically uh, iBooks, so blueberry, tangerine, the graphite colors, and the white laptops. Um, And I I gained a a strong appreciation for Apple products in general, but the thought process of how design influences behavior Mm -hmm. um, and and the efforts that went into the design for those products uh, was unlike anything I had experienced from gateway computers. So uh, I was just a sponge uh, during the time at Apple working at that time, Apple was small, so we were working um, we had a lot of autonomy and yeah, you know we'd have conversations with Jonathan Ives and um it just it just was a fun time, and uh, no compromise in the money spent to build a, a really pretty product that worked mm-hmm. so that was the first part of my career and then I kind of hit a glass ceiling at apple I wasn't an engineer. They're very engineering centric at that time, anyways, and um, I was just kind of mid twenties, going nowhere fast at that point, and um, had a couple friends in the device industry, and they said, "Hey, you should come sell pacemakers," and yeah, I kind of laughed because I'm I wasn't a salesperson, um, but yeah, I ended up jumping jumping ship from Apple and and getting into the device sales. Um, of somebody I knew, you know, That's fascinating. some glamorous story, but, but it, it worked out because the, the economy was kind of going down, the dot-com bubbles were mm-hmm. bursting, and, and it looked like, hey, this is an industry that can sustain itself through times of good or bad economies, um, and so that was attractive for
1: me. Oh, I mean, we're here over 10 years later, and, and we compare and contrast the sort of medtech culture to the 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 IT culture we're seeing Google and Apple sort of move in and, and make great promises uh, in terms of technology that they'll develop that could provide some therapeutic benefit but you albeit 13 years ago sort of jumped from one pool into the other how, how different was the culture in, in in an Apple even a smaller Apple and uh, the company Guidant, which was you know one of the the, the med tech Giants. How, how how different of a, a culture class? How much of a culture class was that?
0: Uh, you know, in sales, you know, you're, you're siloed a little bit from the culture, maybe within the organization, uh, based in, you know, what was it, Minnesota. Um, but you could see where, at least in at that point in time for me, where you know an MBA graduate probably had. More opportunity within the corporate organization. They, they they held that in a high regard. You know, at an Apple in that time, it wasn't about if you had an MBA or something. It was, you know, it, again, it went back to being an engineer, being a good engineer and a contributor. Like you could, you, you had the autonomy to do things. So, um, the sales culture was completely different uh, with within. Uh, I didn't haven't I didn't have exposure to sales at, at Apple, but. Being exposed to the sales culture and how sales drives the value of the business was was quite eye opening mm-hmm. for me. Um, and Guidant had a great sales force uh, led by a great group. Who uh, Mark Bartel is the, was the president of Guidant Cardiac Rhythm Sales, and uh, he's actually uh, on my board um, for for merge. So you can kind of get an idea of how much impact he's had you know, in influencing my thought process.
1: That's interesting. And then you went from, from guidance to Medtronic. I assume that, that came after the uh, acquisition by, of guidance by Boston Scientific.
0: That's correct. I, I left right when that was happening. Um, uh, Medtronic uh, I had an opportunity based on there was a lot of guidance recalls happening and care providers that I worked with were telling me, you know, hey, Todd, I'm having a hard time justifying putting this type of device in right now. And so, you know, you, you can never go wrong working for a, a big company like Medtronic. They, they've set the standard. They're you know, the biggest and the baddest and, and um, most professional that I've ever worked with. So um, I was fortunate to have the opportunity to, to work with Medtronic, and um, and that product almost sells itself. Uh, it's, it's just got such a strong brand. So yeah, so that's how I, I, I left uh, Guidant and uh, went over to Medtronic at that point in time, um, and and at that point in time it was mid 2000s. You know, the the remote monitoring hadn't quite taken off yet. It was about 2009, 2010 where data now is accessible um, via the internet, and uh, the frequencies were just just starting to kick in um, and adoption of data was becoming more of a need
1: so so as someone who is sort of selling this feature uh did the the remote data aspect fulfill what you would sort of suggested to customers would happen or did you see things falling short
0: yeah yeah it's actually fallen way shorter than one would believe um mostly because it's so cumbersome you know there's there's many different layers to it, but uh, one is just getting the patients active on the monitors uh, to get them home and hook up the monitors and uh, paired with their remote monitor to send the device information back to the manufacturer's websites. And that in of itself is a, a barrier, um, which I think the companies and care providers are, are addressing in, in today's environment. Um, but then it's, again, accessing You know, if I'm a doctor and this month, you know, we just changed contracts and now we have St. Jude and Boston on contract. Well, I have a mix of patients in my practice, no matter what anyone wants to put in. People move um, and you, you adopt new patients and they all have a mix of different devices. So now I'm stuck with logging into four and five different websites. And that's just completely inefficient. Uh, to do such and manage a population of data that's coming in daily, so so there were there were multiple barriers that just sort of hindered the progress that you would think is something in today's tech environment is just nominal, right i mean i I have Google and I have all my emails coming in from Comcast and wherever else that I just go to Gmail and they're all there, you know it's simple and, and you do it you know and then, that's the premise of merge, you know, that, that didn't exist. Um, and it wasn't easy to deploy, um, in, in, over the past several years. So that's something that we've simplified is implementation and integration, um, and access of the information.
1: So as you sort of saw that, those frustrations mount, is is that sort of when you're experienced at Apple and it's, it's approach to really, Designing for the customer, did that sort of kick in and lead to the idea that maybe some something better could be created?
0: Yes, yes. I, as I'm carrying the bag, they say, you know, and you're you're living in it every day, and you're seeing care providers um, struggle with the inefficiencies, and and data at that time was being lost to static files. I mean, the information was basically printed on a PDF, scanned into an electronic health record, and given a file name, and, you know, there's all this data there that wasn't being captured. It was just stuck in a PDF. And so, you now looking at the entire process, and I'm going, gosh, there's, there's just a better way to do this. And and it should be simple and pretty. And, and that's where I, I kind of stole the playbook from Steve Jobs mm-hmm. uh, with, hey, you know, I should be able to play Music on my iPod in three clicks. Well, why can't you apply that to the efficiencies within a clinic to say, I can, can I generate a pacemaker report within three clicks? Um, and we got it down to two actually. And so then we just applied that two-click process uh, across our platform. Um, so care providers want to move fast. They have tons of patients and and be efficient. And so that was the
1: premise. Yeah how did the very notion of starting a company come together? Because you've, you've kind of followed an interesting path, you know, following gateway out to the West coast, joining Apple through a friend then joining the med tech industry through another friend. It sounds like you've, uh, sort of let the winds guide you in, in your career. How did they lead you to, to being CEO and founder of a startup?
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned right before the call, my wife had a lot of influence on me. Um, yeah, I was,
1: it's always a good thing, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Right before we got married, um, you know, early days of dating, actually, um, here I am meeting this, this young lady and her family, and we're at an event, uh, at her sister's wedding. Um, I'll try to make this really uh, long story very short. But uh, we're at the reception, and I'm talking to her father, who I'd met really twice, uh, but he, he owns a wine distribution business and, and I think fairly successfully he's retired now and sold his business, but he was a, a self entrepreneur, just built two wine distribution companies and sold them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a friend of theirs, this guy, Bob walks over to me and he says, Hey Todd, so you work at Medtronic? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. And he's like, that's a great company. And he knew uh, um, the, the founder of, of Medtronic and, and he said, "Yeah, you know, I, I wanted him to invest in a company I started a long time ago," and and I said, and he goes, "But he didn't, uh, Earl Bakken." He goes, "Earl didn't invest in my company." He <laughs> goes, and I said to him, "I go, well, Bob," I said, "Did you start it?" He goes, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Oh, well, what do you do?" And he goes, "Oh, you know, I founded United Healthcare." <laughs> 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 and, and my head just kind of turned sideways, right? And I'm like, huh.
1: huh how did okay. that work
0: out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, here I am, you know, I, so all of a sudden I'm surrounded with these entrepreneurs that I had no idea. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm, I was frustrated in watching what was going on in our business on a day-to-day. And I'm like, you know, I have this unique experience of being at Apple and, you know, working with what are the the top designers in the world building products. And here I am in this industry that the the focus was never really consumer from the side of how things function. It was more mechanical and these implantable devices. Um, And so I was just like, ah, there's got to be a better way. And my wife was like, you have a unique experience. She's like, you should do something with it. And that's sort of how I just started the thought process of you know what i should do something different um
1: yeah. and so i did i think we've all had that you know that thought where we want to take what we've learned and create something new but it's a it's a big big step to actually do it so how did you how did you uh take that next step was it a, a leap off the nest did you did you leave medtronic or did you kind of lay some groundwork first what was uh what was the transition like
0: yeah I, it, the <laughs> transition wasn't easy um you know i I you know there's a the big difference between willing and able, right so there's many people that might be willing to do something, but are you able to do it and yeah. you know I've, I've lived a modest life and within my means that I could take a pretty hefty pay cut to go start something um and and it's all about the right people you meet uh everything seems serendipitous in this process, truthfully for me from you know, the influence from my my wife's family to, you know, my neighbor who uh, surfs, you know, Wingnut. And Wingnut introduced me to some of his customers. And <laughs> his
1: name is Wingnut? Inter-
0: yeah, Wingnut He's a professional <laughs> surfer. Um, and, you know, we're surfing and he's telling me, hey, you should meet a couple people and talk to them about your idea. You know, you have this unique experience. And so he introduced me to someone who introduced me to someone and it just sort of uh, started to gain traction like a little snowball, um, and then I was seeing interest, and I'm like, oh, I should, I should really think serious about doing this then. And, and sure enough, I, I found a few people that believed in me, and uh, and I mean, it's with a little bit of dumb luck, but finding a group like True Ventures, I, I can't even express how fortunate I am to have a group like True and John Callahan invested in a part of uh, Merge. So yeah, it was it wasn't easy, but uh, everything just nothing was forced, uh, and, and sometimes it felt like stars aligned to, to to try and change the way that I had been a corporate America guy into becoming an entrepreneur.
1: Did you did you go into the process trying to create a uh, a certain culture, and and did you have you accomplished that, or did things play out differently than you you might have expected?
0: Yeah, you know I think we're still still small enough that we're we have a, a, a pretty tight culture of just we all have family um we love being near the water um but we know we need to work and we're all adults so you know i, I think that's the, the culture of our business today is is we've surrounded ourselves with great competent people whom understand the responsibilities between work and home and Home is always number one, but quickly to follow is, is, I always get my job done. And so I think that culture has permeated pretty well, uh, across the 12 people that are working with us now that, you know, it, no one submits for time off. It's like, Hey, I, I gotta go pick up my kid or I I'm got a long weekend cause we're going on a camping trip. And, you know, the, that's the culture that I, I think as now I have two kids, a two year old and a two month old, um, yeah there's a shift in priorities, but at the same time we're all professional so uh, uh hopefully that i think is is our culture is is family first work closely second
1: that's a that's a good one congratulations on on the two month old and the two year old
0: yeah yeah I probably should have mentioned earlier when I left Medtronic I was starting a business we were having a baby um and, and leaving my what would be a very secure job. It was, it was, it was a, uh, I've lost a few pounds. I'll say that.
1: Well, It, it helps a lot if your, your spouse is behind you. 100% in it. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So how, uh, how, um, supportive has the medtech industry been to you? You're, you're working with their devices, sort of collecting their data, making it actually easier for their customers. Uh, is there an acceptance and appreciation of what you're doing? Is there, uh, any competitive pushback
0: I answer this so no real competitive uh, uh pushback i think you know these are very large companies yes. that um they, they might want to see us be successful and hope that a company like my merge can be successful um but they have a huge responsibility and have to deliver some level of service to what is our common customer um so, as much as they probably want, probably to see some success from, from me, I don't think they can just uh, jump on that ship being such a small company and just, you know, ride into the sunset that Merge is going to solve some of their their problems for their clinicians. Uh, I think it's up to me to be successful. And, and if Merge can be successful, then I, I think we will find more and more of their support uh, and enabling maybe more and more data. Um, to be available to provide care providers information, um, so you know it's a it's a double edged sword. I, I think I think there's a lot of hope that there is this uh, outside solution that comes to this market, uh, but at the same time, it hadn't happened yet. So uh, the burden's still left on them, and uh, and so hopefully you know we're we have good relationships with everyone, um, but. By no means is is you know a, a company just hopping on our
1: wagon, uh, per se. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and you're sort of representative, as I suggested earlier, the, the IT companies, the tech companies that are coming into healthcare. Google obviously has a lot going on. Um, Apple as well. You have a, a you're not up close to the, those efforts, I know, but I'm just curious as to how you view. Uh, those attempts by the tech companies to, to move into healthcare. Do you expect that, like you, they'll come in with sort of a fresh approach and maybe solve some things that have uh, have vexed med tech and, and, and healthcare for for a long time?
0: I I think they can. I think the our approach is a little different than probably uh, um, those bigger companies sure. and even the electronic health record uh, companies. You know, they they're trying to cast a a large net into the healthcare spectrum, right, and provide solutions for a broad market of things. We're we're very niche, finite, focused on one specific product, one specific group of care providers. Um, so it's it's much different, you know. And, and if, you, if you compare it to like SimCity, you know, it's like you're you're building this little town and you got to start with like the first house. And that's really what we're about is, is like, we're hyper-focused on building this really quality little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can do that well, because these devices are so complex and the information uh, used um, to provide care for the patients that are also very complex, you have heart failure patients, um, they're sick. Uh, you know, if, if we can make this work well, then I think it's, the potential to expand upon other things is, is is much easier than maybe casting this big net and then trying to hone in on focusing on one specific uh, so I think our approach is a little different so uh, you know and, and, and by all means you need big money to cast a big net versus uh, the finite details of one niche market in cardiac care specific to implantable devices
1: sure um, so so what do you what is next what last question what is your your sort of short term plan for merge? what do you grow into and, and maybe looking a little more long term what do you what do you think you you may become
0: yeah so short term um we want to release our our product um, soon uh, I would say we'll have some news coming up in uh, early mid no, mid may um and we just want to gain as much traction as possible and have uh, positive experiences from clinicians. And, and hopefully we achieve our goals of you know, tens of thousands of patients managing on our platform. Um, long-term, I think you got to look at what are other devices that are siloed um, but then are being managed on a daily basis, um, but also have a built-in revenue stream around the devices. And that's the unique thing about implantable cardiac. Uh, the pacemakers, defibrillators, and implantable loop recorders have reimbursement tied to the follow-up and the care of those devices. And so as a user for a merged platform, there's there's something to pay for it, um, pay for our software, pay for our solution. So that's something that we want to look into outside of cardiac care is what other devices are out there. Um, that physicians are being reimbursed for um, to manage the information. And I believe we we built a platform that will enable care providers to be more efficient, more effective, and and cost-effective in managing information. So uh, that that would be the next steps, I believe, uh, for
1: our company. That's great. Well, it's a great story. And uh, congratulations on both having the family and the courage to kind of step out there and, Start your own thing. That's really neat.
0: Oh, thank you very much. And uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk today with you. This has been a wonderful experience, uh, you know, from end to end so far. So
1: I appreciate it. And and you'll be at uh, HRS, I understand? And how, That's correct. How, how can That's folks correct. reach reach you if they want to uh, find out more?
0: Uh, well, you can go to Merge.com. Um, it's
1: M-U-R-J, right?
0: M-U-R-J, yeah, yeah. And uh, or also we're at booth 331 at Heart Rhythm Society, so uh, we're excited about the opportunity to uh, get our initial exposure to a broader market in the
1: uh, cardiac care. Awesome. Well, Todd, thanks for taking a few minutes today to to share your story. It's been great. No, oh, yeah, thank you too. I appreciate it. And that is a wrap. Todd Butka of Merge. Thanks for sharing your great story of innovation and inspiration. Uh, the fellow he met at the wedding reception was Bob Dittmore, co-founder of United. So it's uh, terrific when serendipity sort of takes control and, uh, and leads you to take a, uh, an important step and uh, to leave a, a safe job, even with a young family, and start a, an exciting new company. So best of luck with that. And uh, thank you, Breaking Health Podcast listeners, for indulging me. I hope you enjoyed this scrupulous podcast. I promise he'll be back next week. Another great tale of innovation. But uh, why wait? Right now you can uh, go on iTunes, give us a ranking, help people find it. You can uh, tell your friends about the Breaking Health podcast. The more people listening, the better. Finally, feel free to shoot me an email. My email address is tom at healthagy.com. That's the word health, followed by the letters E-G-Y.com. Happy to hear your suggestions for topics, guests, or uh, just say hello. Finally, don't forget to register for the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit. It's happening on November 30th in Boston. Yes, it seems like a long time away, but we open registration early because people are asking us to, and this thing has sold out the last couple of years. So uh, why wait? I mean, just do it now. So go to com and register for the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit again. It's happening on November 30th in Boston. That's a wrap. Tune in next week for another tale of innovation.